following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. So for the last um, four weeks, we have been reading a book called Being Christian, and we've gone through four movements, baptism, Bible, Eucharist, and prayer. And Scott's preached some really amazing sermons. And so what we wanted to do is to offer you an opportunity to respond to something that you've read in the book or heard in the sermon. Now, if you haven't read the book and you're worried you know, that you won't be able to participate, what I might invite you to do is if something that someone who's read the book says something that captures your heart, I would love to hear from you. So I'm going to be walking around. Um, raise your hand if you have something to say about the book, if the book moved you in any way to take deeper action or gave you a thought about something that you hadn't really considered before. Um, and I will just walk around and we'll pass the mic around and we'll make this an opportunity to um, inspire each other, to maybe even um, give each other some support. Um, anything that the book has sort of uh, made you think of. So if you want to talk, just raise your hand and I will come around to you. Oh, Dan, sorry. So as many of you know, I'm never afraid to prime the pump here, start talking. Um, the section on Bible really struck me. Um, I tend to be a thinker, and some of the ideas this writer had about the Bible where, hey, yeah, there are facts in the Bible, of course, but it is, we've talked before about how it's a library of many different types of books, and whether or not uh, the flood happened exactly how it was said it did, or whether or not the people were exiled to Babylon at exactly the dates it said it did. It's like if our faith is reliant on specific things happening on specific dates, in the Middle East, maybe our faith needs some work. And I also love the idea that this is a, uh, overall a book of wisdom showing us the way to Christ. It is pointing the way to the Christ. And, and sometimes you see these ideas of violence and really terrible things happening, and, and maybe we need to stop and think, is that God showing us what we should do or showing us how people reacted and maybe we shouldn't? Maybe we should learn the negative of their example, the opposite of their example. And, just freeing my mind to think about stories in the Bible a little differently and a little broader than I had before, I, I found that very powerful. So that was exciting to me. This is not necessarily a um, nicely tied up thought, but um, in response to what Dan said, um, I feel like uh, once you start pulling that thread of foundational faith stuff that you learned as a kid or whatever, once you start pulling that thread, it gets really messy. <laughs> and so um, that is, I guess, just a response to that is, you know, the with the dates and the flood and all of those things, um, I'm finding it to be so interesting and curious, but, like, my faith is just being, like, un not unraveled in a, like, I still have faith, but it's just, like, a bomb has been dropped. <laughs> like, I don't know what is what anymore. So that's where I'm at. Um, and it's, I, I guess it's an interesting place to be. And it's, I appreciate this church because I feel like it is a, a safe place to question and to not know. And it's not going to be the end of the world to not know <laughs> right now. Thanks, Bridget. This is sort of a second-generation uh, share because Scott read the book and, and talked about the story of the two guys on the Emmaus Road walking back, 
and saying, this is so much what our spiritual life, his and mine, are like that um, something is going on that we're totally blind to. Jesus is actually walking with us. And then some, something jars us and we realize that's what was going on. And yeah, how could I not have noticed it? And then just at that peak experience we want to hang on to, Jesus vanishes. And he said, yeah, that's just the, the way it goes. And that was, to me, a very freeing statement and story. Thanks, Doug. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. I was about to read something here. <laughs> well, I mean, I can participate too, right? Um. I would, I would just say that uh, the, probably the section of the four that stood out to me the most was prayer. Um, where I'm not really good with the whole meditation thing, but it, as I'm growing, I'm discovering more how important it is. Uh, and what I really liked is in the section of prayer is not someone who is asking for things from God, but learning how to develop prayer in a way that you're not actually praying. It's Jesus who's praying through you to speak to God. So it, for me, that was a, a discovery of how much more focused um, uh, a Christian life can be to, to center yourself on Christ. Uh, you hear over and over, it's always like, back to Jesus, back to Jesus. But in, when you look at it in a way of prayer and that it's actually Jesus who's praying through you, it makes a lot more sense to me uh, on how to be a Christian. And it takes some of the, the weight off my shoulders that it's not you know, me trying to be the best person I can be, but discovering a way that Jesus can create inside of me uh, to become the person that I already am. So for me, so for me, it was uh, the section on prayer as well, uh, and especially the part where I was talking about uh, the Lord's Prayer of Your Kingdom Come, Your Will Be Done on Earth as it is in Heaven, and then as so Scott preached about the you know the idea that that is talking about us, and that we are the ones who need to be the kingdom uh, in the world, and that is a call to us in our actions, and it actually brought me back to like a fantasy book I had read 15 years ago. And I don't even remember the title, and it was some kind of a polytheistic world where the character was, was railing against the God in that story, that they, God had not helped them when they needed it. And the God had replied that uh, none of the messengers I tried to send accepted the call, and now I need you to help someone else. Will you accept the call? And just this idea that, you know, things don't happen in the world. The kingdom does not come unless we are the ones who do that work in the world. And that was just, again, brought that back to me and was really powerful. Thank you, Laura. Hey, Lars. Well, when I, when I saw the list of the four essentials, in a sense, from Roland Wohn's position, I was really surprised because, for me, justice is central. So if I had a list, justice would have been probably number one in terms of what it means to be a Christian. But as I read the book, what I found really powerful was that Williams put justice in each of his sections. And, uh, you know, from the beginning with baptism, he talked about the spirit descending into chaos for creation. And then with Jesus' baptism, the spirit descended into a chaotic world 
uh, to, to lift him up. And uh, I just, I liked how he was able to bring justice in, even though it wasn't one of the four. And all the way through in prayer, he talked about basically being the hands and feet of God. So initially I was wondering where's justice, but the justice is in there. It's just woven in very nicely. So it's all good. Thank you. I was struck not so much by any particular um, chapter of this, by the whole approach that he took. I've been in churches where baptism was only for adults and it had to be immersion, <laughs> to churches where you sprinkle children. I've been in churches where the Bible is inerrant. Everything in it is 100% right. And I've been in churches where even the, the pastors would not believe hardly anything. I've been in churches where Eucharist was adults only and had to be wine and other churches where, you know, little children can take in churches where prayer was who knows what. Williams didn't go to any of that. And I was glad he didn't because it just made everything that he said that much more um, reliable and believable, knowing that he wasn't taking any stance on any of the issues. Thanks, George. So I really like the section on baptism, actually. Um, And he says, baptism takes us to where Jesus is. It takes us, therefore, into closer neighborhood with a dark and fallen world, and it takes us into closer neighborhood with others invited there. The baptized life is characterized by solidarity with those in need and sharing with all others who believe. It is characterized by prayerfulness that courageously keeps going, even when things are difficult, unpromising, unrewarding, simply because you cannot stop the urge to pray. Something keeps coming alive in you, never mind the results. I just, I feel like that's pretty much what I want my whole life to be about, and to see Rowan Williams just put it down like that, to continually stand as a witness um, to God's goodness but also to go and to help and use my life to be of service to others in the dark places um, is exactly what I want to be doing. And so I was really inspired, and I'd never thought of my baptism that way. I thought, you know, you're, you're identifying with Christ, you die, and you rise again, but I never thought of it as a way of sort of extending the life of Christ into brokenness. And so I was really inspired by his words to do that. Is anything surprising to anyone? An idea that you hadn't thought about before? All right, I'll admit I haven't read the book, so. Um, I do have it. I have planning on it. Surprising, I think, was just that it at first struck me as really reductionist to, like, pick four things um, that Christianity could sort of be boiled down to. Um and, yeah, at the same time, I looked at it, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of the essentials. And the neat thing is that even within those, there's a wide variety and a wide range of um, how that's done and, and that it still falls under the Christian umbrella, but it's distinct enough from any other religion, um, at least baptism and Eucharist, um, that it is um, clearly a marker of Christianity. And 
to just take away like all of the um, ideas of like being marked by certain behaviors or a set of rules, but um, focusing on how each of these represents the faith and it being a marker, an external marker to people, but also the, you know Bible and prayer focusing on our internal lives and the faith piece of it. Um, but the idea of focusing on the essentials, um, not in terms of points of agreement, but on like what marks, what how can you how can you identify someone as a Christian? And it really is just a couple of things um, that we all kind of adhere to. Um, so that was that was neat for me, and that the the idea is that those are symbols of something greater. Well, thank you for all um, who shared um, about this book, and I hope that um, even just a few things that were said uh, can inspire you to a deeper relationship with God. And now we're going to come to our time of communion. Um, I'm going to read a small passage from the book and then read a prayer from uh, our Celtic uh, brothers and sisters. For Christians to share in the Eucharist, the Holy Communion, means to live as people who know that they are always guests, that they have always been welcomed, and that they are wanted. It is perhaps the most simple thing that we can say about Holy Communion, yet it is still supremely worth saying. In Holy Communion, Jesus Christ tells us that he wants our company. At Artisan, we, um, we have an open table, and so we invite anyone who's wanting or willing to come and respond to Jesus' invitation. Um, and uh, we invite you to come and be his guest. Um, and if this is not something that you want to do, it's okay. Um, we won't look at you. Uh, we just know that everybody's a different stage. But if you really want to be Jesus' guest today, um, for the thousandth time or the first time, come and be Jesus' guest. And so here's the uh, prayer. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is, um, it is to be made ready for those who love him and want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith, and you who have little, you who have been here often, and you who have not been here for a long time. You have tried to follow, and you who have failed. Come not because it is I who invite you, it is our Lord. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. So when you're ready, please come and uh, take communion. There will be someone from the prayer team in the back if you have a prayer request or would like someone to pray with you. Come. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.